Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, it's so uh, exciting to be speaking to you uh, this morning. My name is Nick Drake, and as Nick Herbert has just said, we're only halfway there. It's so exciting what is about to happen. So um, get ready in faith. You want to get a Bible out or turn it on on your app. You want to get a notepad out and a pen or your notes on your device because I want you to come expectant again right now to reset your expectation. Make a prayer in your heart. Even now, God, would you speak to me? God loves simple prayers. He loves short prayers. So just God, will you speak to me? Will you change me this morning? We, last week here at Gas Street, we celebrated our history. It was an amazing time. I was watching at home with the family and, and it was just so moving seeing what God has done in and through all of you with us here as a community. It's incredible to see the power of God at work. These next two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to start looking forward into our future. Next week, Tim's going to be speaking to us on our vision what lies ahead. And this week, I'm going to be speaking to us about our giving, our giving, how we can give into that future. And we talk about this theme of giving a few times a year as a church. Why? Two reasons. Two reasons. Firstly, we want to be a church that engages with planned giving rather than pressurized giving. So, My credit card details are not going to come on the screen right now for you to pay, okay? There's no pressure, so just in case, all right? So we want you to have time to think and plan and pray through what you give. It's not a you've got to do it right now thing, planned rather than pressured giving. The second reason we talk about it a few times a year is because Jesus talks a lot about money and giving. It's something clearly crucial for our worship. It's something clearly crucial for our discipleship. And and we want to be people, don't we, who follow the way of Jesus. There's so many other temptations, other ways to follow in this world. But if we want to be faithfully following his way, then what we think about money, what we do with our money is so crucial. So today, to put it another way, I want to talk to you about money and the church. Money and the church, an uncomfortable combination. So instead, I've called this talk in the bag, in the bag. So again, you might want to write that down on your notes right now, in the bag. Um, I'm going to read to you, hold that thought from Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. This is one of the instances we've talked about where Jesus talks about money and giving. Listen to this, Mark 12, 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she had to live on. Now, I love this passage for three reasons. I've chosen this passage. First of all, it's slightly freaky that Jesus is sitting there. Anyone else find that freaky? He's sitting, watching. 
He's watching what everyone is putting in to the offering, into the collection, towards the, the temple, the place of God's presence, the representation of heaven meeting earth. He, he's watching. That's freaky, right? That he might be watching what we're giving. But he's sitting there and he's watching. We, we often worry maybe about Jesus watching many things about our lives. But I don't know about you, but that's often last on my list. Is he watching what I'm giving? Is he looking at what I'm doing with my money that closely as he is in this passage? The second reason I've picked this passage is that the, the heroine is a woman. And not just that, a widow, someone in society who would normally be way down the list of importance. But here again, we see the topsy-turvy nature of the kingdom and the nature of the power of God and what is close to God's heart. We know from the Old Testament, the widow and the orphan close to God's heart. And here it's played out as a drama right in front of our eyes. That Jesus loves what he sees of what the widow puts in. And thirdly, I chose this passage because the widow puts in everything. But that everything is actually comparatively a very small amount. But she puts in everything, everything into the pot. And I, 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 part of my job is to speak and lecture on worship. And I've never heard this passage used to talk about worship, but I think here is one of the greatest worship moments that could be as the widow throws all she has into the pot. This is a passage that links our financial giving and our worship. So that's why I picked the passage. We're going to return to it later. But it got me thinking about me in the church I grew up in. Uh, I used to sit there, and I don't know if you, you, you uh, can identify with this, if you've ever sat there, a bit like maybe like Jesus, maybe thinking you're Jesus when you're not. I don't know if you've ever sat there and just observed you ever done that? I, I, especially if, if you're just a visitor to church and maybe you are watching this right now. Uh, we've all been there at some point just watching. Just like, what on earth is this about? Like, what's going on? And I remember growing up sitting in my church and it was a church, you know, with pews, like a traditional church. And I remember this time where we'd sing a song and money would be given. Yeah, it'd be called the offer, offering song or the collection song or something. And, and I'd be watching. And first thing to say is, never has there been a more terrifying song in all of history, right? You're sitting, you're standing there, and you're like, oh, when's the bag coming? When's the bag coming? You're like, should I get my money out? Do I get it out now? But if I get it out now, like, it's going to be in my hand. Like, it gets all sweaty. If it's a note, you don't want people to notice, so crumple it up, you know, and you're like, do I close my eyes? Can I worship? Or should I just keep them open in case the bag comes? Because this bag would be passed down the rows, wouldn't it? And, 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 and learn, learn, you know, what would normally happen is the moment you close your eyes, the moment you think you can relax, the bag comes. And here's where we find, I, just, I brought one of these bags just to illustrate, in case you've never seen one. This is a bag that money puts into for church, Okay. And just that moment, the bag comes to you. And here we encounter the first unspoken rule of money in church, of money in the bag. Never speak about the bag. <laughs> so you've just closed your eyes, you're scrumpled up money's in your hand, and the bag comes and the person next to you holds it out. Do they speak? No. They just hold it out. Your eyes are closed. 
Your hand is sweaty with the money. The bag's just in midair. No one speak about the bag. Now, if this person is really keen, what do they do? Jab you in the ribs. Jab you in the ribs. Eyes open, shock, drop the money on the floor, scrap around. You know, you know the drill. And then, and then when you do want to put it in, you, you, you don't want anyone to see. And so you, you jam it right in like that, don't you? And pass it on. Uh, the other thing that might happen with us is if you haven't got any money or you just don't want to give any money, this bag becomes a hot potato, right? You just pass it on as quick as you can. Anyone ever done that? And the final thing I used to observe as I, as I sat there in my church, like Jesus maybe, I wasn't Jesus, but you know, watching, was the ushers, you know? And, and I, mean, I mean, I've been an usher. I'm sure a lot of us have. You know, you're going down the aisle. Your job is to make sure the bag flows. But woe betide the person at the end of the row with the bag whose turn it is to pass it forward, but they pass it back. Yeah? Now, and here's where the rule comes in again. Never speak about the bag. So what happens is, the guy at the end passed it the wrong way. The usher in the aisle starts going. And then the people behind you, they start pointing like this. It's the most terrifying worship song of your life. The bag, the bag. Never speak about the bag. I say that because there's so many funny memories to me of watching money in the church happen before my eyes. Uh, but the thing that it can lead to in, a, in an unhelpful way is that I'd get home from church as I grew up in church and I'd have put my money in the bag and I've sat through the rest of church and I've got home and what do I feel? I feel good. Job done. Money in the bag. It's done. Brilliant. Get on my Sunday afternoon and for me that was a little glass of cream soda as a treat. I love detail. Some people do, so there's the detail for you. So the danger is that our money in the church, it becomes conceptualized in our lives as money in the bag, a transactional moment, a job done moment, at worst, a ritual moment. And it becomes clear that money and our relationship with the church becomes a compartment of our lives. Someone might ask, do you give to church? Yeah, I give to church. Yeah, it's in the bag. Put it in the bag every week. Do you tithe? Do you give 10% of what you do? Yeah, 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 I put it in the bag. You know, I put it in the bag. I don't like talking about it, but it's in the bag. But we see this passage and throughout Scripture that giving, giving in the biggest sense involves giving everything. Your whole life. Yes, the intentional moments. But giving means giving everything you are. Take a look at this diagram. Take a look at this diagram. I'm not very good at drawing, so um, I got someone else to draw this up for us as a way of illustrating this. Uh, we tend to look at our lives there on the left as compartments, different compartments like our work life, at the time we spent with family and friends, at the time we spent on exercise, the time we spend on devotional time with God maybe, the time we spent having fun and doing leisure activities, mostly in our own homes for the last year. But we tend to think of our lives in compartments in our giving our money to the church as a compartment maybe. But instead, you'll see on the right there, this is how the Bible talks of and sees giving. That giving, yes, might be intentional times and will be intentional times, as in this story Jesus is watching people do. But it comes in the context where giving is understood as our whole lives, every compartment, all our energy, all the components. We do it all in constant 
relationship with God. It's not an in-the-bag thing. Everything we do is in relationship to him. That's how he's designed us to be in this holistic sense of giving. This is where our lives flourish. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life to the full, life to the full. And life to the full happens in this location where everything is given to him, including our money. So what needs to shift in us to understand that? That's what I found myself asking. Okay, great, I've got that concept. Hope you have at home. What needs to shift in my understanding? Well, here's the next diagram, if we could have it up, of what needs to shift in our understanding. And it's a shift in understanding that what we have doesn't belong to us, but it belongs to God. It's the move from my to his. From my to his. That every component of our lives is not mine, but it's God's. Psalm 24 declares the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And, and this old worship song based on James 1.17, I remember singing in that church as we're sitting there watching, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Based on James, it's saying that every gift comes from the Father of lights, our Father in heaven. Everything comes from Him. So it's a shift from understanding that what I have in life is not mine, it's all his. It may seem like it's mine, but it's his. And that might seem like the simplest of words, but it's an epic change in your mindset. That this isn't mine, it's his. I might have it for a while, but it's his. It's his and I owe it to him. He deserves all praise, all glory. Everything is his. The earth is his. The second shift that will help us understand how this happens. Next diagram, and this is the final one, you'll be relieved to know if you're not into diagrams, is a shift from understanding that everything I have I've earned to everything I have has been given. Everything I have has been earned to everything I have has been given. And because it's been given, it's part of a much bigger plan. Like life, your life is not about your plan. It might seem like it is, but it's actually about God's plan for a much bigger life, life to the full. Genesis 1, 28 says that we've been made in his image and we've been made to rule. To rule means to partner with God. It means working under his authority. It means working within his blessing. It means working alongside him in the world to achieve his kingdom purposes. That's what Jesus says when when he's small and 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 the parents can't find him and he's in the temple. He's in the temple where later on he's sitting watching people give. He's in the temple and they say, where have you been? He says, I've been about my father's business. That's what we're called to be in, the father's business, partnering with God in everything he's doing. And so we need to shift from the I've earned everything to everything I have has been given to me. Why? So I can partner in the father's business in the Father's plans for what's best for the world. That's where we were designed to be. That's where we were designed to do. That's the only place money makes sense and is rightfully orientated towards God. Money can have such a destructive, motivating power in human suffering. And yet orientated to God, it can do incredible things. Now, sometimes it's hard to understand this shift of mindset. You know, because it can think, it really can think, and it seems... Well, you know, that we have earned it, haven't we? And there is that element. Of course, we might have worked for the money. We've, we've done something. Yes, that's right. But sometimes this shift in mindset can be easier to grasp when you receive 
a gift, clearly. When you receive a gift, it's an interesting spiritual discipline in and of itself. We learn it as children. When you get a Christmas present, say thank you. Like you have to acknowledge receiving it. A, a, a friend of ours is a professional musician and the combination of Brexit, not a political point, the combination of Brexit and the pandemic has just, as we know, if you've been reading any news, has been devastating for live music. And uh, she's not able to tour anymore. She's not able to go abroad anymore. It's just been a disaster. And money had become really tight. And she was telling us the other day on the phone that they, she was in this really tight scenario of money. And then an old friend got in touch the other month and said, I've been praying for you. And I felt the Lord say, I should send you a check for a thousand pounds. Amazing. And, and this friend of ours, a musician, she found it really hard to receive. And she was reflecting on this to us. And she, and she said this, she said, I was brought up to think money was about earning and spending, but now I'm learning to live in the economy of grace, where you give and freely receive. And you meet kindness in unexpected places. You see, by learning to receive, the Holy Spirit had activated and shifted her mindset from everything I have is earned to everything I have is given. Everything I have is earned to everything I have is given. The Holy Spirit shifted her mindset to live in the economy of grace, the kingdom economy, from not have I put money in the bag to is my life in the bag. And this is how it all works. We, we preached on this a while back, the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12. The body of Christ works if there's an economy of grace, where the people have got attuned in to the Father's business, where they give and receive in need as well. That's how it all works. And this economy of grace, where all of life is a gift, and so we give it back to God, is the economy the widow lives in, in this story. It's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And if we want to get close to the heart of God, it's right here in the heart of the widow. She lives in the economy of grace. She lives with her life in the bag. So when she puts a, a 2P equivalent in the bag, she's putting everything in. And the Lord loves it. The Lord loves it. So why spend so long here on this big picture? Because if we don't grasp this bigger picture of giving, that it's all of life, then our financial giving will only ever be in the bag giving. I've done it, job done, back home, dutiful, it's the right thing to do. And giving to the church will feel like a tax. Yeah, it's ever felt like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that goes out that of my account. Yeah, that's a tax, yeah. But if we think about worship, if we think that giving's part of worship, if we think the widow is doing an act of worship, well, what's worship like? Worship is never like tax. Worship's extravagant. Worship's magnificent. It's beyond words. Worship's holy. It, it, it's something of another realm. It's something different. Worship is mystery. And worship is faith, not formula. Faith, not formula. And so giving to the church, it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always make sense. Like worship doesn't always make sense. It's faith, not formula. You know, I learned to give back when I was a student. It didn't make sense. I had a student loan. I'm sure many of you are identified. This doesn't make sense. If I started working it out, well, do I need to give because I've got a student loan? I've got to pay. I don't know. You know, you get all confused. 
but I put in that discipline of giving to the church. A few years later, uh, Becky and I, we decided not to um, go to London like everyone else, try and get jobs and everything. We were in a rock and roll band, right? We were in a rock and roll band. And so our money was from gigs, right? I, we had no money. Meanwhile, meanwhile uh, we chose to get married too. So not, not a perfect uh, way to do life. We're in our first year married. We're living in Nottingham. We're going to our church and our church asks for money. And they, wanna, they, wanna, they need a bigger building. They need a bigger space to worship. And they've got visions for serving the city and serving the poor. And, 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 and I look at our finances and think, oh, we just can't do this. We can't give anything. We're living off our gigs. Uh, we can't, we've sold 20 CDs in the last two years. We can't do this. But there I am in, in, the, in the time of worship. Everyone's singing in the room. And they've invited people to come forward and put in an envelope into the bucket their giving to this new building. And I find myself in this place of worship, sensing the Lord saying, I want you to give £100. And my heart sank. <laughs> now, it might, I don't know where you are with money. It might not sound a lot. It might sound a huge amount. For us, it was a huge amount. It was, it was a huge one-off amount for us. And you had all this kind of sweaty feeling like back in the church, you know, when I'm holding the money in the bags, coming, what am I going to do? But let me tell you this. The moment I wrote down, yeah, I commit to give £100, I put it in the envelope. And the moment I walked up in worship and dropped it, let go of it into the bucket, I felt this incredible joy. This incredible, I've stepped into the economy of grace. I've stepped into something holy, something other, something mysterious, something extravagant, faith, not formula. Within a year, we left that church. We were only there a year. We never knew. We could have been there 10 years, but we were only there a year. And now looking back, that church is Trent Vineyard. It's in a huge, massive warehouse. It's done incredible work for the city. Our hundred pounds, probably in human terms, paid for a tiny bit of cement between two bricks. But, but, but am I glad I invested? in the economy of grace. Am I glad I put that in to see what God would do with it, to be faithful to what he called us to do? I'm so glad our money's in that building and in that work. So really briefly, I hope you're still with me. If I was you, I'd be on at least my second cup of coffee by now. I would have ducked out to get another biscuit. That might be you, but stay with me. What are the barriers to giving? What are the barriers that we find, uh, and I'm going to go quickly through this first one because I want to land on the second one. First on, pride and greed. <gasps> pride and greed. Now, I talked a few weeks ago about Revelation 4 and 5. If you didn't watch it, go and watch it. Otherwise, go and watch The Wheel with M Michael McIntyre and you'll get the same message. Okay, God is on a throne in the middle. Our lives are supposed to orientate around Him. Sin says, you're the centre. Worship says, He's the centre. He's the center. Pride and greed are purely you sitting in the center. You on the throne. Everything around me is mine. Think back to that first diagram. All the compartments of the life are mine. Worship says he's the center. So very briefly, get off the throne. <laughs> get off the throne. The way to break pride and greed and all this is mine is to give it away. Give something away. Even today, give something away. Give it away, give it away. Even if it's small, give it away and that will step you off the throne. 
Second thing, and I want to spend a little bit more time here, the second barrier to our giving is, and this is a really real thing, is the fear of not having enough. That if I give, I'm going to be worse off for it. I'm not going to have enough. And going back to our passage, that's why I chose this passage, because the widow gives everything. It's extraordinary. And that's what Jesus loved. She puts in all she owned, all she had to live on, it says in verse 44. And, and I, I, I encountered this mindset when I was 18, I volunteered to go and do some uh, work in India, uh, in, in the slums of Mumbai. And I met there a long-term missionary lady from Poland. I remember getting to know her, asking her, well, how did you end up out here? And I remember her telling me that she, she had a house, she had a whole life of her own, And she just sold it all. She sold the house. She sold all she had to go and be a missionary. And I remember just blown away, like, what? Like, crazy. Like, my mind as an 18-year-old couldn't fathom it. I never encountered it, and I didn't understand it. But as I journeyed with her, that, that sense of craziness, what you're doing, it shifted to, wow, what, what faith, what worship throwing everything in. And so for me, that impacted me because at that moment, I was birthed into the kingdom economy of grace mindset. I was birthed, looking back into that faith environment. And here's how I'd sum it up. You do what God's called you to do and he will provide. You do what God's called you to do and he will provide, even if everyone else thinks it's crazy. And it applies to you as an individual. It applies to you and your group of friends or you and your family. And it applies to churches to do what God's called you to do and he will provide because we're in the Father's business. And the beautiful thing, bringing it back to this passage about this story and the widow, stay with me. We're nearly there. The beautiful thing about this passage is that this widow throws everything in, but there's a widow that's gone before her. In the Old Testament, There's a guy called Elijah, a prophet, a big cheese, but he runs out of food. He runs out of the provisions he needs to live. And so he goes to a widow, the widow of Zarephath. It's in 1 Kings 17. You can read it later today. And he goes to her and he says, can you give me food? And the widow says, well, I've only got one meal left for me and my son and then we're going to die. That's all I've got left. But do you know what she does? She does it anyway. She makes some food and drink and she gives it to Elijah first. She trusts the man of God, the representation of God with everything she has. She trusts that God will provide all she needs, even though she can't see it. And then what happens in 1 Kings 17? God replenishes her oil. God replenishes her flour and it never runs dry. Now, I think this widow that Jesus is watching, I think this widow had that widow in mind. I think this widow, when she threw in her her coin, her last everything, she knew, I can't fail. I can't go wrong. As she stepped into the economy of grace, as she gave everything she had. And I think if it had been written, as she threw in her coins into the treasury, as Jesus is sitting here watching her, I think he would have heard her sing. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, 
Never gonna let me down. You are good, good. Oh, you are good, good. Oh, and Jesus, I, I want to imagine him weeping. I, I want to imagine the, the representation of the Father's heart in Jesus just weeping. His joy as he sees yet another widow give everything. Give everything and trust that God will provide all she needs, that she wants to play her part and build a brick as part of the building that is God's business, that is going to be a place to house the orphan and the widow. It's going to be a place to house the downtrodden. She wants to play her part in lifting up the lowly. You see, we have fear of missing out. FOMO, it's a FOMO about missing out on getting. That's how wrong society is. That's how wrong all our social media is, all the people who want to influence you. We have fear of missing out of what, of what if we don't get but the kingdom economy says, have fear of missing out of giving. Have fear of missing out of not investing. If you were offered an investment opportunity, put your hundred pounds and you're gonna get a thousand pounds back next year, would you not put it in? Would you not invest in the kingdom? And that's what money and the church is about. Never make it so small as this bag. Never make it so small as, is it in the bag? You want to invest in the massive kingdom of God where you don't know what it's going to do, but you know for a fact it's going to do something that only God could do. And it's going to be incredible. And when you get to heaven, you're going to see it. You're going to in some way see it embodied in flesh and reality. Everything you've poured in, everything you've invested of your money into the kingdom of God, you're going to see an incredible investment. And if you're struggling with fear right now, and this is a real thing, and pandemic's been a nightmare for many of you, trust today that God won't let you down, that He will provide all you need. He's never gonna let you down. You might even wanna sing it out now. You're never gonna let me down, God. Because if I throw myself in the bag, if I tell fear to be quiet, if I get off the throne and worship you, you will hold me in your hands and my life becomes an investor life in the things of the kingdom. Corrie Ten Boom says this, I've held many things in my hands and I've lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. That I still possess. So as I come into land, I'm not asking you today to put something in the bag. I'm asking you today to put yourself in the bag. Out of that place of giving everything, your money, or should I say his money, that you steward will flow through you. If you put yourself in the bag, giving everything, then you will know what to do with your money. It will flow out of relationship with him. So what are the next steps? If the band want to start coming up, what are the next steps? Well, next week, Tim is going to speak on our vision, on what we are looking forward to as a church. And so next week, there's going to be an invitation to literally respond but you can, even this week, maybe for you, uh, your next step is to become a first-time giver. Maybe you, you're watching this and you've never really given anything to church uh, for many different reasons. You just not wanted to. Maybe the next step for you is simply, I want to become a first-time giver. You can go on our website and find out more information at gastry.church about that. You might want to uh, think about it this week and respond to it next week. Second step you might want to make, you might want to become a regular giver. 
You might want to become a regular giver. As I said earlier, this is something uh, Becky and I started way, way back, just putting in a standing order. So at the start of every month, something goes out straight away to uh, the church. And it might be that that's your next step. You've always given a bit randomly, but actually God's saying to you, do you know what, trust me and, and invest in what God's doing here. So you might want to become a regular giver. Thirdly, your next step might be to become an extravagant giver. Maybe right now, you know, when I told that story of giving to Trent Vineyard and it was 100 quid and to us that was a huge amount. Maybe right now there's some huge amount you've got. Maybe, maybe God's saying, if you're in my bag, I want that here. I want to shift that around the chessboard. Be an extravagant giver as you release it. Know the joy and the worship that fills your life, knowing the eternal rewards that will come from doing that. So, is your life in the bag? Jump in. Jump in to the life of God today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that this story reveals your heart. We thank you, God, for your great love for us that you care about every compartment of our lives, every element of our lives, including our finances. We thank you, God, that you give us an opportunity to invest in your kingdom. We thank you, Jesus, that you care about what we do with our money. I pray, and we all pray at home, that you would lead us in our finances, that you would be speaking to us about our finances. God, right now, whether our finances are calling us deep anxiety or whether our finances are calling us to be joyful, we wanna lift them up to you with open hands and open hearts. Say, God, everything I am is yours. Would you provide all I need and would you steer me in how I can give? And Holy Spirit, come now and fill every mind, every heart listening to this. We look to you to lead us. Would you build your business, Father God? Would you build your kingdom through us? May we play our part. And just as you're receiving right now, I just wanna pray specifically for anyone who has fear about their resource right now. Just anxiety, just looking at the finances. In fact, you can't even look at it because the Lord wants to come right alongside you. He wants to comfort you right now. And so if that's you, you might just want to open your hands, a sign of just, God, I'm here. And everyone else of us, let's just pray right now together. Lord, I pray for anyone who is fearful right now about their finances, who's anxious right now, that there won't be enough. Lord, I thank you for the story of the widow who trust that there's more than enough, that you will provide everything that is needed. And I pray for anyone right now who has fear. I pray, God, get rid of that fear in Jesus' name right now and say, pour out a spirit of trust in what you will provide. And I pray for miraculous provision for you in this time. I pray that the Lord will pour out everything you need and more as you step into the economy of grace. And even now you might feel I've got to worship. As Tim leads us in this song, you might feel I'm gonna get up off my feet and worship no matter what I'm feeling. And I wanna encourage you to do that right now. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna worship and we're gonna throw our all into that. And then Nick and Sophie are gonna come and lead us into more prayer. So let's worship together now. Amen.
Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church. 